our guest for this episode has a new Kickstarter coming up for a comic uh, featuring people who get all different kinds of powers. So, Pat Murphy, growing up, what kind of superpower did you want? Um, I'd say oddly enough, I just wanted to kind of swing around like Spider-Man. So, um, I, just, I thought that was like really creative and kind of unique and um, nobody else really did it except for him. And so, um, like as a kid, I just, I, it was just awesome to look at because like he just had like a bunch of freedom and, you know, like the whole city was his play- playground, that sort of thing. And so um yeah it was just a swing around like spider-man nice uh mine was kind of similar i wanted to fly which is really weird because as an adult like i hate flying like i'll do it but i hate getting on an airplane (laughs) from from takeout to touchdown i'm just like nope nope i don't like this so (laughs) i don't know i don't know why my kid my kid version of me was all about it I thought about that, but there's, like, practical issues, right? Because, like, I don't know, flies would get in your face and stuff like that, and if you were to fly. Oh, true. Like, Spider-Man has the mask, and so probably doesn't have that problem. So, yeah. Plus, yeah. plus he's a spider, so if he gets, you know, flies in his face, then, you know, he, he's okay with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch... Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so like I said, uh, our guest today is uh, Pat Murphy. Pat, how are you doing today? Uh, not doing, oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, just holding up with uh, just COVID and everything. It's uh it's been a huge adjustment these past couple months. Um, yeah, it's just my whole, like, I'm, I'm sure everybody's, like, sick of hearing this, but, like, yeah, I'd, I'd never expected, like, 2020 or 2021 to be like this. And um, just doing everything I can to just get through it, you know, just keeping myself busy with uh, the whole Kickstarter. And, but, yeah, I th- things are going well right now. I'm, I consider myself pretty blessed. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's going pretty good. Awesome. Awesome. So speaking of Kickstarter, uh, so you do have um, a Kickstarter campaign coming up pretty soon. It's for Echoes of the Triumphant number one. Uh, Tell us all about Echoes of the the Triumphant and also uh, tell us about your Kickstarter campaign for it. Sure. So um, Echoes of the Triumphant is kind of like a a worst case scenario um, sort of place where it's, it's like a worst case scenario world of what would happen if people got superpowers. So it's not like the boys in the sense that people are superheroes yet. They're like, like very egotistical. Um, it's worst case scenario in the sense that like uh, those people who are genetic misfits, tweaks I call them in the book, are kind of exploited by <clears throat> like corrupt businessmen and Uh, corrupt politicians and they're doing like hard manual labor just to like make the fictional city uh, echo city just like an economic superpower so you know they're being they're being exploited Um, personally like I never saw that in like all of comics I always thought it was funny how like when somebody got like uh, like a superpower or something like that they just pursue justice and they didn't really like monetize on that at all so I thought it'd be cool to just um, go in that direction and um, 
uh, I find that it gives it kind of like a, a real world sort of layer to it. Um, so yeah, it, like the story, um, the story is about this one guy named um, Adrian Avery. He's like the protagonist and um, you know, there's, there's a lot of rivalry of course in that city. Um, there's of course tweaks like being exploited and there's, you know, like lawmakers and businessmen who are on the top of that city. And so it's a, it's a really um, like unequal and divided place. And he's kind of caught in the middle of it. So he's sort of like this uh, forensic accountant. Uh, he's not really feeling fulfilled in his life. And so um, his boss, like his job is to find evidence to find, um, to, to help lock up this tweak extremist called Lineheart. Like he's, there's like, um, there's this these group of tweaks that are just uh, obviously they don't like the system. And so they're rebelling in their own way. And um, his job is to uh, take him down, but he really just wants to do it so that he can advance in his career and, you know, feel like he's not average and stuff like that. And um, that's, that's really the, the whole arc of the story. It's about him realizing that like, you know, this, this dream of just like, like advancing in my own career it's it's not really worth it like just it's about him like uh learning to just be in the moment and like be grateful for like the little things and yeah it's uh it's a kind of a weird explainer but you know I try to make things kind of distinct because there's a lot of superhero properties out there and so uh uh yeah and um onto my kickstarter um the whole page is uh, up and running. I have the pre-launch pre page ready. The process of the Kickstarter was pretty interesting. This is one of my first big ones. Um, so uh, I find the hardest thing about like running a Kickstarter is just, um, you know, not, not necessarily hard, but like uh, the thing that like I didn't expect to be kind of work people and to kind of connect with people. Cause like, you know, you post an ad on Facebook and you connect with people on Instagram, you know, um, there's, there's some people who just, you know, they're not as, uh, quick to reply and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the whole, the, no, the whole networking aspect of it was pretty new to me, but I like, I was really happy to do it. And, um, yeah, we, everything's, uh, uh, everything's pretty ready. Awesome. So uh, going, going back to the book, uh, first off, you mentioned your main character, Adrian, and uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about uh, issue zero, which was your last successful uh, Kickstarter campaign, uh, was how like he kind of went from really almost despising these tweaks um, yeah. because they kind of took yeah. away an opportunity for him. But then, you know, by the end of the story, he's helping the tweaks out. And I was like, I, you know, it, it's it's one of those stories that, you know, you, you've seen before, but still it was like, it was really cool to kind of see that him make that, you know, make that change. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't want to set him up like uh, that. That was like issue zero is kind of a small arc and it's sort of, it's meant to be like a, a prelude to the series. And so like, obviously, like I didn't want to set him up as a character who was like very prejudiced towards like a, a group of people. Cause you can't really sell a character like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the, I, I was happy to do the prelude because um, there's, there's a lot of fans out there. There's a lot of fans who are deep into science fiction and they probably understand what I'm going for. Like 
from issue number one to number four. But for those who aren't like very science fiction oriented, they might need like some more exposition and stuff like that. And so I felt as if it was a good move to like, you know, make the prelude and to sort of get it out there. And so that way um, people can just, you know, buy it for like $2, something less than like a cup of coffee and decide themselves, you know, hey, I like this and maybe I don't. And, you know, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, what else was I, was I going to say? Yeah, that was actually my first comic book I made with my team. And so um, that um, I was really happy about that experience because um, I just learned a lot from it. So writing for a comic book is kind of odd in the sense that like you have to write to your artist and then he makes the product. And so like you want to give him direction, but like not too much direction. And so um, yeah, it was just it was just really interesting to like see that come into to fruition. And so, um, yeah, um, I was just happy to do it. I learned a lot. So uh, kind of going along that direction um, and going back to, you know, the, the tweaks, uh, they have some wild designs, you know, that not, yeah. <laughs> they, they look, each one looks almost completely different. So, uh, designing the tweaks, was it more of like a collaborative effort between you and the artist who is uh, Jared Bazina, or did one of you have more say over how they looked? So um, usually what I do is that I just communicate the concept to him. And so uh, he would uh, just kind of go from there. So like if I said to him, hey, like, uh, can you put like a, like a lizard tweak in like this panel? Um, that's all I'd pretty much say to him. And he would... Uh, he would basically draw it and put his own unique sense of style into it. And um, yeah, that was pretty much like the, the process. Um, yeah. I just like, uh, like I said before, I just, I like to give him like direction, but not like too much direction in the sense that like, cause that way, like it would just take forever if I were to just kind of like make him like, go over things like over and over again. So like, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to team up with Jared because he's got like a really wicked sense of style. And so, I'm really happy with his work. So uh, do you have the whole story for Echoes of the Triumphant planned out already? Or do you let the story rest for a little bit and then come back to it? So we have the, uh, well, the first arc is already ready. So the, the first arc spans from issue number one to issue number four. Uh, currently, we're halfway through issue number two. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a while until we get that first arc finished. Um, but yeah, I pretty much have um, a lot of other arcs, at least five arcs that I've planned for Adrian. And um, I hope we get there. So I hope this uh, whole series is very successful um, because I really want to tell that story. Because um, to me, like, um, it, it's really like about like the triumph, of, like the triumph of the human spirit. And so stories like that are really important to me. So um I really hope I get to do at least five arcs uh, in like the Echoes of the Triumphant series. So uh, during COVID, uh, I, like a lot of people, have found a lot of my money going to various comics that I found on Kickstarter. Uh, what would you say are some of the challenges of running a Kickstarter campaign versus, you know, trying to sell your comic on like a convention floor or, you know, something similar to that? Okay. Um, I've actually, I, I launched my first uh, Kickstarter uh, during the pandemic, uh, I never like sold um, my comics on a convention floor. Um, I'm sure it's like, uh, I don't know, like I'm not, I don't consider myself like a, 
a salesman, so I'm I'm pretty introverted. I'm sure like uh, I'd, I'd probably suck at that. But so um, yeah, selling it online was kind of interesting. I guess um, it's it's weird because when I was building my mailing list, um, I go on Facebook and um, I'd say to people, "Hey, I have this like." Um, this, this issue that I want you to see in exchange, can I have your email so I can add you to my email list? So I did that on Facebook and it didn't really work out, but then I did it on Instagram and it works like a charm. And so that's, that's one of the funny things about um, just, just marketing. It's like for whatever reason, just one social media platform works better than the other. And um, yeah, it's just um, when like during this whole uh, COVID uh, lockdown situation like I, I I think I managed to find my own my own groove and yeah it's it's been okay I had a couple of sales and nothing nothing too crazy happened but um yeah yeah it went well that's it now once in-person cons are a thing again do you do you see yourself you know trying to do the convention circuit or um I I, I think I I'd do it in 2022 um, if I were to be practical because um, I really want to finish that first arc and to, to fine tune like the whole story. Um, yeah, we're, we're halfway through issue number two. It, it takes a while to like, like uh, build like a quality book and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, if I were to be practical, I'd say I'd, I'd do that in 2022 because right now I'm just focused on just the story and um yeah, yeah, it's 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 ways off. So, um, can people buy your work outside of Kickstarter? Yes. So I have a website. It's called ReverbComics.com. Um, yeah, that's basically where you can find my work. Um, I also have uh, you know an Instagram account, uh, Reverb Comics. So you can reach me there anytime you like and. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the best place to reach me and just uh, find my work. So uh, you have, you've mentioned on your website that you have a lifelong ex- obsession with comics. Uh, what first made you fall in love with comics? And do you remember your first comic book? Um, I actually think I, I might have it. Um, maybe I don't. Um, it was, funnily enough, uh, I think around when I was like 11 or 12, I had this... Uh, me and my friends would like binge watch the X-Men and like it, it was amazing to me because like when I was 11 before I even watched the X-Men I just thought to myself oh you know it's just a cartoon it's just stupid characters and stuff like that but like there's a lot of mature themes that's going on in X-Men obviously like obviously all your viewers know that but like it was just incredible to me to just like because for the first time I realized like you know there's prejudice and there's discrimination happening in these stories and you know, they're important stories to tell and like they're, they're happening on like the cartoon network and stuff like that. And so um, that's around like the first time that I like really fell in love with comics. Um, my absolute favorite character of all time is uh, Daredevil, Matt Murdock. Like he's a very like multi-layered and multifaceted character. Um, you know, like there's just like a ton of dichotomies to him. Like he's, um, he's a lawyer, yet he's a vigilante, you know, He's blind, yet he can see better than everybody else. Uh, he's a practicing Catholic, uh, yet he dresses up as the devil. And so, um, you know, the, di- the dichotomies with him are, like, pretty much endless. And he's just, like, I-, I honestly think that he's one of the best characters in all of comics. 
I actually have only recently started getting into Daredevil. Um, you know, uh, shout out to Chip Zdarsky. I mean, he's one of my favorite comic book writers. Yeah. And when I saw that he was writing Daredevil, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll have to give it a try. And I did. And and you're absolutely right. Like, it's it's like, wow, what have I been missing, you know? It's, it is a yeah. very diverse yeah, his, and layered character. Yeah. His take is really, um, it's really interesting to me because it's, it's got a very um, realistic layer to it. So yeah, like it, the story starts out where like Matt Murdock, he's coming back from like a very bad injury and he's like, he just went through rehabilitation, right? Cause he got hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so he, he talks about like the real world, well, he shows, like, the real-world ramifications of violence. So, like, for instance, like, Daredevil just kicks somebody and then, well, spoilers, but, like, yeah, he kicks somebody and the guy gets head trauma and he dies. And, like, that's a that's a real-world thing that, like, people have to consider. Like, there's, um, you know, there's been a couple boxers who stepped into the ring and, like, they haven't stepped out. And so to see that, like, you know, grounded... Uh, approach to like the daredevil mythos was i I thought like really worked uh when did you decide that you wanted to uh that you wanted to write comics um so yeah like uh like my whole life i've just been sort of into you know marvel and dc and image comics and um uh, i read a lot of like mark millar's work if i were to be honest um you know, I, I went to school at the University of Ottawa, and it was, it's actually kind of a funny story. So during my last year, I was dating this girl, and she did, like, everything to just stress me out, right? And so I just, uh, so for instance, she she has, like, a tiny little apartment, right? And she decides to get this, like, very, very big dog, like, that belongs on a farm, quite frankly. And so she gets this, because I, I thought she was going to get a puppy, right? And so, but anyway, she gets this big dog, and the dog, it was honestly scaring the crap out of me, because, like, this dog was, uh, was from the pound, and so it was, it was a rescue dog, right? And so it, it had a rough life up to that point, and when it just barked at me, like, the hair would stand up on the back of my neck. And uh, she was just kind of stressing me out all the time, and I, I just said, you know, can we be friends and stuff like that? And she's like, yeah, sure. And so my last year, like, I really focused on, like, my academics and stuff like that. And I pretty much had, like, no social life whatsoever. And so the pro was that, um, you know, I got some merit scholarships. I did pretty well. And, you know, I got a job after university and stuff like that. And, uh, but the con was that, like, my social life kind of took a hit. And, um, a lot of my friends actually went out to uh, Bay Street, Street in Toronto and uh, kind of lost touch with them. And so I found myself after university just feeling kind of lonely. Like, so I decided to do this project and, um, you know, I was kind of excited to do it because, like I said, like I've always been into comics. Um, I was just like, oddly enough, I was just really happy to kind of put my foot in the door and get criticism and you know, like, when you're starting out, like, it's kind of a hard thing to do, like, writing and storytelling, because, like, you know, there's a lot of juggling that you have to do. You have to make sure that there's nice character development, and it complements, like, the development of the plot, and, you know, you have to make sure that the tone's consistent, and there's not, like, there's good pacing, and uh, the just the narrative isn't broken, and so it's a huge, like, juggling match, right, and so 
obviously like I had my um my ups and downs in the beginning of it but um yeah I was just I was just happy to just uh try it out and just get criticism and yeah here we are so who are some of your influences so um my all-time favorite writer well yeah my all-time favorite writer is uh Frank Miller um yeah like I said before like Daredevil is just like one of the best characters in all of comics in my opinion um yeah there's he's just such a layered character and um uh but it, it was funny like uh i'd say my other influences would be mike grell and neil adams i actually met them one day um uh, at the auto comic con i think it was in the year 2018 um so i asked mike grell to um like autograph uh like the first uh issue of his run and uh, he actually asked for my name and I was just like, I was so starstruck because like, <laughs> I was just like, Mike Grelly, like, you know, he, he wants to know what my name is, right? He, his, his run was really intelligent because, um, you know, there was, there was a real world, world take to it. Like, it, it, was, um, it was funny to me because like Oliver Queen in that run, he went to South Africa and like, there is this bit where like this guy says, well, um, what was it? Um, economics actually like helped stops like some animals from being extinct and that was like a throwaway comment that didn't really make a lot of sense to me and then you know I studied a bit of economics at university and uh, it turned out to be like a real world thing like so in I think it was in Kenya that they outlawed hunting in um, yeah outlawed hunting in like Kenya and just to like save like in a species from going extinct but that actually made it worse. But then Zimbabwe took an opposite approach. They said, okay, people in said group, you get to hunt and, well, you get to capture these said animals and you get to, you know, um, like say, say if you caught like a wild boar or something like that in Zimbabwe, you, you have the right to like capture it and then hunters can go up to you and say, hey, I want to hunt that. Can I pay you to do that? And so it sounds odd, but like, that actually helped um, like endangered species a lot in Zimbabwe. And so like, he just had a lot of throwaway, sorry, I know it's kind of long winded, but like he had like a lot of like throwaway comments that just didn't make sense to me. But then like when I went, when I like studied in university, like I realized just how intelligent they were. And so, um, yeah, Neil Adams was also like, it was an incredible experience meeting Neil Adams because I went to the booth and I, I honestly didn't expect Neil Adams to be there because like I read about him and he was just like an absolute legend because, um, you know, he stood up for Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. Like, I think I'm pronouncing their names right. And so that's like, that's an incredible thing. Like just, you know, putting your career on the line just so two people can get credit for like a pop culture icon. And so like he stood up against like a bunch of like, you know, the tops at like Warner Brothers, and he stood up against like, you know, what the what the media was saying, what the law like uh, lawyers were saying, and stuff like that. And like if it wasn't for him, like we wouldn't know who created Superman. And so um, I went to that booth, and I honestly didn't expect to like see him there, but he was just right to my left, and I had like a really nice like conversation with him, and it was just it was just really incredible. Yeah. That is one of the 
wonderful things about conventions is going in and like you know like being able to you know talk to you know like to some of your heroes and you know like and, and yeah like it, you get like giddy and starstruck and you know whatever and it's like it's one of those things where it's like especially you know especially with like comic book creators because like they still have that kind of level of anim anonymity you know like they could just be walking down the street and not get you know hounded by people yet on the convention floor they get hounded <laughs> so a lot of creators that i've talked to they have different ways to approach their art uh I, you've talked a little bit about your creative process but you know kind of go into more detail on that like what what is your creative process like um so for me i guess when i'm starting to write the whole script um i i I'd start out with the plot. I'd start out with like uh, where I want the story to start and where I want it to end. Uh, I use like Dan Harmon's um, story circle. I find that's like very helpful for the direction of the story. And so um, I don't know all the steps off the top of my head, but like the basis of it is that like you start out the story by introducing your character and then he's in his zone of comfort. And then, you know, you show that he wants something and then, he goes to get it and then he fails, he gets his ass kicked and then he adapts, he gets what he wants, but then he sort of reflects after that and then he comes out of that being changed. And so I, I follow that a lot. Um, I think like the success of Rick and Morty is a huge testament to that, that story circle. Um, so like I follow that and I, I make sure that I hit all the story beats. And then um, once I feel as though I have that whole like, balancing act um, of just like having a nice story like having like nice plot development character development and nice pacing and stuff like that once I feel as if like you know everything's been fine-tuned that's when I send it off to uh, Jared obviously and yeah like I said before um, I like to give him direction but not too much direction to the point where like you know he's, he's gonna be like pulling his hair out so um, yeah I mean um, yeah, that's, that's more or less the process, I'd say. So if you could write for any superhero or other established comic book character, who would it be? Well, funny enough, um, there was actually this writer. He was he wrote for Daredevil right before uh, Chip Zdarsky. So his name was Jed McKay, and he did five issues of Daredevil. And so the, what I find very funny about that is that, like, um, my dad's from, well, Marvel Comics, it's headquartered in New York, like it's a city of like 14 million people. But uh, Jen McKay, he's from Prince Edward Island, and it's like the province of 150,000 people. So it's like a small town, basically. And the fact that he landed that job was just like kind of amazing to me. Like, it was amazing how like, um, just just anybody could like write for Marvel, you know, so he made like a really good um, uh story for daredevil and it, it um it took place after charles sewell's run and so we find like matt murdoch kind of broken and like uh he's in rehabilitation and he's giving in to his fears and stuff like that and um you know he, he event like it's a daredevil story obviously he comes out of it and so um yeah like, like I said before, Daredevil has always just been, like, my number one favorite character. If, like, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, work on a Daredevil project, I'd, I'd pretty much die happy. Um, although I'd, I'd probably, like, sort of pull my hair out during that whole process because, um, 
you know, like getting that like Daredevil story is would be very important to me. So because the stories like more often than not, it's about like um, like the triumph of the human spirit. And so I feel as though we really need that in like a time like this. And so, um, yeah, Daredevil all the way. Awesome. So um, going back to uh, Reverb Comics. Uh, you'd mentioned that, you know, that's how, you know, you're publishing Echoes of the Triumphant. Uh, do you have any kind of like future plans to publish other stories under Reverb? Um, so funny enough, I, I got a lot of advice from professionals in the Ottawa area. Um, this one gentleman by the name of Dominic Bercier, um, he works, well, he owns a Mirror, Mirror uh, Comics, and I highly recommend people to check his work out. Um, he actually suggested to me to just like, you know, just do uh, one thing at a time, really. And so um, right now I'm just focused on doing Echoes of the Triumphant. And then once all that is done, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be moving on to like other projects and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think it's a pretty smart thing to do because once you start like multitasking and stuff like that, that's when things start to fall apart. Um, at least that's what it's like for me. But um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, last question, uh, where can people find you online? And one more time, tell us all the details about your Kickstarter, uh, get people pumped up, uh, anything else that you want to, you know, say or plug this time is yours. Okay. Well, um, uh, so basically people can find me at uh, reverbcomics.com. Uh, I think the best place to reach out to me is on my Instagram account. Uh, just reverb comics at reverb comics, I should say. Um, the Kickstarter, it is looking pretty okay. Um, I, I posted my pre-launch page and just in under an hour, I got 20 followers, which is not bad for like a first pre-launch page. Um, so there's, there's a lot of rewards that are going into, um, our Kickstarter. So, uh, I think one of the coolest rewards that, um, I'm, I'm handing out is that, uh, if you if you buy can can I swear sorry uh yeah. Okay swear? yeah okay so there's there's like a like there's like a tweet as fuck uh perk or backer <laughs> um what do you what do you call it like a, a perk or, or backing in, in Kickstarter uh, I think yeah it's a perk yeah a perk okay so yeah basically that's like one of the highest perks uh on the Kickstarter and um yeah if if you were to back that um you get Echoes of the Triumphant number zero to one. Uh, you get backer credits and uh, you get some creative input. You get to be, you get to uh, put a tweak in issue number three and issue number four. And so, um, yeah, like I wanted to put that in there because like, I just find it it's so like, it's just a, such an awesome experience, just like connecting with like, you know, really creative people. And, you know, um, like I spend a lot of my time just like, I spend more of my time reading reviews and stuff like that and people's opinions on like different works than I do like actually reading and watching like TV shows because it's really interesting I find to like, you know, learn people's like interpretations of um, stories that I love. Um, so we have some other rewards in um, our Kickstarter. Um, so for instance, if we, if we meet a certain stretch goal, um, we'll be, uh, we'll be issuing like a cover variant for everybody. 
And um, if we meet, like, uh, another stretch goal, we'll be mailing out a Reverb Comics uh, t-shirt to everybody. And so um, I got some decent uh, decent rewards happening on there. So everybody can have definitely, – definitely everybody, I feel, will have, like, a, a, a copy of Echoes of the Triumphant number zero to one. And so I think that people will be really happy to um, just uh, just to enjoy that story. And so, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's more or less it. Nice. Awesome. Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, best of luck on your Kickstarter. Thank you very much. <laughs>